Greetings in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Greetings in the name of the Lord to you on uh, live stream. And I'm glad that you have joined us in the comfort of your home. Uh, and I'm glad that you're here to worship uh, with us. And so, though there may be a few people in the congregation this morning, but I know that you are watching. And so I pray that the Lord is going to give you a message this morning. We're in a series called Beyond Control. And one of the things that I have begun to understand, especially in the midst of this coronavirus, is that we, uh, it really punctuates the idea of things being beyond control. It's, it's as if this virus is just spreading everywhere and the world is trying to get control. We have looked at lives of men. A man called Noah, he loses control because of the bottle. He gets drunk and his son sees his nakedness and his son is cursed for seeing his father's nakedness. But God takes control by <laughs> stepping in for Noah and he blesses his other two sons. And last week we heard of a man called Abraham. He, a man of God, he lies about his wife and, and switches her, her relationship to try to get control of his life. But he loses his wife, but praise the Lord that God stepped in. Amen. Amen. Now you guys can do a little bit better than that. Amen. Amen. Uh, so allow me, uh, uh, jump with me rather to uh, Genesis chapter 21. And uh, those of you in the congregation, I'm going to ask you to stand with me because you are here. So uh, I need you to, to stand with me. Genesis chapter 21. And I want to read uh, beginning in verses number one all the way to verse uh, number seven. If you have noticed, I have been in the book of Genesis and I'm going to stay in the book of Genesis for the remainder of, uh, of this series. So Genesis chapter 21, one to four, may I read? Amen. The word of God said, listen to this. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. <laughs> I love that about God. He does what he says. Do I have a witness? For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age. At, listen to this, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son was born unto him. And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh, so that all that hear will laugh, will laugh with me. And she said, who would have said unto Abraham, cast that people, who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children suck? For I have borne him a son, once again, in his old age, in his season of age, in his season of being old. And the child grew and, and, and was weaned and Abraham made a great feast that same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had born unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son. For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And, the very, and this thing was very grievous, very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. 
And God said unto Abraham, listen to this, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman. In all that Sarah has said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. Sometimes, uh, men, you got to listen to your wives. <laughs> For in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And also of the son of the bondwoman, I will make a nation because he is thy seed. The last verse, and Abraham rose up early and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child. And sent her away, and she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. Abraham is a man who is happy because he has a son. But quickly, his season of joy turns into sadness because he must let go of the other son. I want to speak this morning under the theme, shifting seasons. You see, life is full of shifting seasons. You see, I'm not talking about the four seasons in the northern hemisphere. I'm not talking about the two seasons in the, in, the, in the southern hemisphere. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the seasons in your life. Uh, some of you are in a season of distress. Some of you are in a season of sadness. Uh, some of you are in a season of loss. Some of you are in a se season of of discouragement. Some of you are in a season that doesn't make sense. It's as if things have shifted uh, around you and you cannot understand it. But some of you are in a season of plenty. Uh, some of you are in a season of joy. Uh, some of you are in a season of happiness. And, and the good thing is that you have seen yourself go from one season to the next. I'm here to say that yes, life is like that. Seasons change and, and we go through different stages and we are happy, we are sad, we are happy, we are sad, we lose, we gain. Life is like that. It's, it's up and down. Sometimes life feels like bad Wi-Fi network. Sometimes you're on, sometimes you're off. Do I have witness? And so I want to talk about shifting seasons this morning because that's what's happening in the world right now because the world has shifted. Churches have closed. Praise the Lord for JCC. Amen. <laughs> Stadiums are no longer open. People are no longer entertained because we are in a shifting season. I was reading on the, on the news uh, that Netflix has had to uh, slow down because a lot of people be, being at home have now watch more Netflix you know so Netflix has been taking up a lot of bandwidth and so they have had to kind of the, the government or some people told them, hey Netflix please can you not use up so much bandwidth that's where we are right now and I, I want to be to believe that in your life you are also in a shifting season maybe you are at a good place and praise the Lord for you amen maybe you're in a bad place and praise the Lord for that because God can still use what is bad for his good Shifting seasons is the message I bring from the Lord this morning. But hey, I want to say, while seasons may shift, there's some things that should not shift. The question is, what is that? What is the one thing that should not shift when everything else is shifting? Let's dig in and find out. Let's go to work and, and, and look at this for a moment. Uh, the word of God says, and the Lord... I think, let me move here. And the Lord visited Sarah. The Lord visited Sarah at the specific time of which he told her, I'm going to visit you. I'm here to tell you that God is a God of the seasons. In fact, when it says, 
at the time of which he said, I will visit you, we are introduced to this concept in Genesis chapter 1 verse number 14. There we read, and God put in place the sun, the moon, and the stars for them to be for seasons, to dictate months, weeks, and years. And so when the text says God came to Sarah at the same, at the set time, we are reminded of Genesis 1.14. God is telling us, look, my brother, there is no hand on the clock that moves, which I haven't allowed it to move. There is no night that turns into day of which I am not a part of. There is no week that turns into months of which I'm not a part of. There is no year that moves to another year of which I'm not a part of. I am in charge of the seasons. And I want somebody to hear right here this morning that we are in a season of viruses and, and pandemics and epidemics. But God is in charge. God hasn't left the throne. God is still in control. And so God tells Sarah, Sarah, he visits Sarah. Sarah, I've come and I want to change and I, and I want to shift your season. So my brother, my sister, hear me carefully. When God visits you, it is your season to be shifted. <laughs> oh Lord, I wish I had a witness. When God visits you, it's your season to be shifted. You see, when God entered, he visited. In other words, he, 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 he gave us. Sarah is a special kind of attention. When God visits, he's there to look at your situation, yours and yours alone. He, he's like, okay, I have an appointment with such and such, and, and I've, I've, I know that they're struggling. I know they're going through difficulties, and I'm here to change that. I'm here to, to shift that. And so here we see a woman who hasn't had kids for 86 years has a baby. Here we see a man who hasn't had a child. Well, he did. Hagar and all that. But he hasn't had the right child. He's a hundred years old. But God comes and he, he shifts his season. He, he moves him from a, a season of struggle. A season of not having. A season of being a childless. To a season of being a fruitful. fruitful. He moves him from a season of being unproductive. To a season of being productive. I want to tell you when God visits your life seasons are going to shift there are going to be changes and there are going to be things that you will not understand because when god visits he's there to make a difference sometimes people visit us and they're there to take from us <laughs> they visit us because they want money they visit us because they want this they visit us because they want. no god doesn't visit to take from you god visits to give to you amen I wish I had a witness. You see, here is a, is a beautiful story. Allow me to put it to you like this. God visited the children of Israel and they broke free from Egypt. God visited a woman called Hannah and he, she had a baby. God visited a woman called Ruth who didn't have a, a, a husband, but yet she had a husband. God visited humanity through a man we know as Jesus Christ. And because of that visit, he gave us salvation. I'm simply trying to say that when God visits... He shifts our lives. When God visits, things change. Things don't remain the same. You see, God is that person. When he comes into your life, you say, man, there was somebody here. You know, there are people in our lives that make a difference. You can look back at the course of your life and you say, you know what? Because of him, I am here. I'm, I'm, I'm here. That teacher taught me and, and taught me and, and so I'm here. That pastor ministered unto me and so I'm, I'm here. I understand what I'm saying. God is like that and more. So when God visits your life, things shift. And you may pastor, all right, look. 
Um, I'm not seeing shifts in my life. I have been praying. I've been fasting. The pastor's been talking. I've heard the sermons. I've heard the songs. Lord, I am not seeing no shift. Nothing is happening in my life. In fact, things are getting worse. But allow me to tell you too like this. Abraham, it took him 25 years in order for his shift to happen. What tells me is that it needs time. You need patience in order for the shift to happen. And sometimes God will take long in order for the shift to happen. And you're going to understand in a moment what I mean by that. But sometimes the shift will take long. But my brother and my sister, hear me carefully. Let me encourage you. Do not lose hope. Do not give up. Never, ever give up. Keep running. Keep doing your thing. Because there's coming a day when God is going to visit and do something that is wonderful and that is powerful. So here we have a man. His season has been shifted. He's no longer a fatherless child. She's no longer a motherless child. Her season has shifted. She's in a season of joy. And, and things, great things have happened in our life, in her life. And I want you to, to hear me that God is going to do something for you. And shift your season. It might take 10 years, but God is going to shift your season. It might take 15 years, but God is going to shift your season. It might take 20 years, but God is going to shift your season. It might take 30. I don't know, but God is going to shift your season. But between the, 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 the moment when you're struggling to the shift moment, you need to be faithful. You need to be faithful. Don't allow your faith uh, to waver. And I just want to suggest to you that the reason why it took 25 years for Abraham to experience his shift is because he wavered. He decided to do his own thing and have a, a baby that God said he shouldn't have. And so sometimes we, we want to make shifts in our life. We, we believe that God should, should make it happen much faster. So we take matters everyone, into our own hands. And, but the problem with that, when we take matters into our own hands, hear me church, we lose control. So this man is in a shifted season. And so what he does, he doesn't celebrate. He commissions his son by the name that God had asked him to give. He circumcises his son by the ritual that God had asked him to commit. So what it tells me that when the shift happened in his life, church, don't miss this. When the shift happened in his life, he didn't go on Instagram and say, boom, boom, God has blessed me, shift time, hashtag shifted. No. He didn't go to his friends and call them up and say, hey, brother, guess what God did for me? He shifted. No, he didn't do that. He didn't talk to his best friend and say, God has done something for me. He didn't go to the pastor and say, pastor, look at what God has done. He didn't do that. The Bible says that he called his son Isaac and he circumcised him. In other words, in his shifted season, the very first step that he did is he put God first. You see, many of us, we are like the ten lepers, the nine, <laughs> uh, who are healed by Jesus, and we go on running, mm -hmm, we go on running, and we forget Jesus. But yet there's one man who comes back and says, you know, God, well, thank you. But many of us, we are like the ten lepers. We forget what God has done. We have amnesia. We forget what God has done. And, and sometimes I, I, I want to believe that we treat God like an ATM. Here we go, whether it's BCA, BNI, Mandiri, whatever bank you like. <laughs> I don't care, right? You go on that ATM, pop, pop, you punch in those numbers, and you get what you need, and you go your way. When it's empty, <laughs> you come back. Sometimes God is like that. We treat him like an ATM, but I see here a man who, in his shifted season, he made sure, <laughs> Brother Johannes, God was first. 
He did what God wanted to do. And so my brother and my sister, hear me carefully. In your shifted season, make sure that God is, is first. Do not throw him aside. Because you need him every step of the way. Abraham was 100 years old. This is fantastic for me. He was 100. Can you imagine that? <laughs> 180, baby. Allow me to pull up my pants for a moment. Because that 100 years, the brother had a baby. This is fantastic, Brother Johannes, because this is incredible. Because you see, the text is saying, the shift was so great that it is incredible to human eyes. And that is why God is waiting for 25 years to shift Abraham. Because he wants us to know that when God shifts things, it's not a small shift. It's a seismic shift. It is an earthquake kind of shift. And we say, oh my goodness, God really did this. I didn't do this because of my imagination or my thinking capability. No, God did this. And so here we see that when God shifts you, it's going to be something big. So my brother, take courage. Do not lose hope. Continue trusting the Lord. The shift is coming when it, it happens. You'll be like, hey. Hmm. Ooh, yeah, no, the Lord has done it for you. The Lord has really pushed you and he has done something fantastic. And, and, and because of the incredible shift, I want you to listen to the wife. Because you see, in this passage, the husband doesn't speak, husbands. It's the wife who is speaking. Ah, come on now. You know, head of the home, you know, you're the <laughs> No, it's the wife who's speaking. The husband is acting, circumcising, and naming. But it's the, hus- it's the wife who's speaking, Pastor Johannes. Sometimes you got to let her speak, brother. Huh? I know you don't have one, but you're planning for one. But <laughs> she speaks, and listen to what she says. She says, God has made me to laugh. He has made me <laughs> smile. I don't know what to laugh is in Bahasa, but <laughs> she was laughing. And here it is. In her shifted season, she begins to understand why it took so long. Because she understood. If you go to chapter 18, she was laughing when God says you're going to have a baby. Laughter in disbelief. But here she's laughing in belief. What it means is, the reason why God took so long, the reason why it happened after 25 years, is because God wanted to develop and strengthen the faith of Sarah. What it means is, God had invested a faith-building project in in this couple. So they had to come to the place where they would believe God even more. In fact, the word to laugh means Isaac, Yitzhak in Hebrew. Isaac, Yitzhak. And so when she says, I'm laughing, basically she's saying Yitzhak. Whenever she's looking at her baby boy, Yitzhak, I'm laughing because God has done something fantastic. And so my brother and my sister, I know the shift is taking long, but God is building you up in a certain way. Perhaps your trust is not good enough. Perhaps your faith is not good enough. Perhaps you have a certain thing that God has to chisel away at you in your character. And so sometimes God has to put you through different paces and through different steps so that you can get to the place where you're like, oh God, now I get it. I see it now. Now I understand. I know what you're trying to do for me. So Sarah understands that, oh my goodness, Lord, you took so long because you were doing it for me. Oh man, I should have had an amen, but that's, that's all right. <laughs> See, I'll say it another way so that you, you, you can get what I'm saying. God is saying, I took so long so that I could bless you with something more tangible than a child. Mm-hmm. She didn't have a child. Yes. Are we together? 
but God wanted to bless her with something more tangible, more important for her, faith. So while God is interested in your physical well-being, he's interested in your physical well-being, but he prioritizes the spiritual ones first. Uh, let me put it to you like this. If you're praying to God, Lord, help me to have a better prayer life. God is like instant right there. He's going to give you the prayer life. God, I want to understand the Bible better. Oh, he's going to give it to you. Lord, I, I, I want a Mercedes. Uh, Mercedes. Mm, 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 mm. Mercedes. You want a Mercedes? Mm. What you going to do with Mercedes? God is thinking, right? Mm, if I give you a Mercedes, I'm mm, mm, going to come to church. I know you're going to be getting girls. <laughs> Fellas, I'm talking to you guys. I know. But that's not going to benefit me. And it's not going to benefit you. God is not selfish. God is always thinking about you. And he wants to benefit you. And so sometimes when it's not happening according to how you think it should, it's not because he's mean, he doesn't like you. It's because he knows that at this moment, if I shift your life, the shift is not going to benefit you. It's going to be a, a disadvantage. So Sarah is laughing. And uh, I want to ask you, are you laughing right now? <laughs> huh? Are you laughing? Uh, don't laugh at the past and the, the sermon. No, I'm saying, are you laughing in belief? Is your faith strengthened that you believe that God can actually do? When you read the word of God, do you think that God can do for you what he says he can do? Or you say, ah, you know, God, this is Old Testament. Ah, come on, man. I mean, 4,000 years ago. I can't happen today. <laughs> but the Bible says to me, the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so here we have, <laughs> this woman is laughing and, and again, it's not the husband talking, it is the wife talking. She says, who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given suck for I have borne him a son, a son, a child in his old age. Who would have said this? This is incredible. Nobody would have ever said, wow, an old man like this because she's understand now, this shift is not for me alone. This shift is for those around you. So my brother and my sister, hear me carefully. God doesn't only want to bless you. He doesn't want to change your situation. He's interested in your brother, in your sister, in your co-worker, in your boss, in the people around you. Because he wants to bless them through you. So the shifts may be taking long, but God knows why. So my brother and my sister, take courage. Yeah, don't lose hope. What am I trying to say? That when God has visited you, you need to do what he says and keep it a priority. But you also need to testify about him. Sometimes we need to throw a party for God. Because you look at the text, it says, Abraham, go now and Abraham threw a party. Uh, parties are okay. It's a great feast. You know why he threw a party, Jeremy? Because his son had reached the age of two. And in those days, to reach the age of two, it means, it means that the son is going to live. Oh, allow me to preach for a moment. Oh, let me preach. Uh, the, 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 oh, can I preach? Can I preach? Can I preach? <laughs> you see, God had shifted the life of Abraham and Sarah and they're having what I call a bundle of joy. They're happy because they have a son. You, you know what I'm saying? Things have shifted. But now God says, ah, I'm not only going to give you a son, but I'm going to make sure that this son lives to the age of two and he lives to be this grown-up person. So let me put it to you like this. When God shifts you, he continues to shift you and it becomes better and better and you're going to begin to see, wow, this is good. And so you have no other choice but to say, Lord, I want to celebrate what you have done and so the shifts become bigger and they become greater and so my brother must say it's okay 
mm-hmm, to celebrate. I know the Bible says don't let the right hand and the left hand know what you're doing. No, but sometimes you need to let the left hand know what the right hand did. You need to tell uh, right hand, right hand, the left hand was blessed. And so you need to know that the left hand is blessed, right hand. But sometimes, yeah, you need to come to church. Say a testimony. You know what? The Lord has blessed me. Tell people about it. Sometimes you need to say, you know what? I'm going to throw a party. I want you guys to come because I want to certify about what God has done for me. Let's not be what I call uh, uh, spiritually shy. It's okay to be spiritually loud sometimes. And here we see Abraham celebrating the shift that God has done in his life. I don't know what God has done in your life. But can you testify in his his goodness? Can you testify the things that God has done for you? Sometimes through a party to celebrate. And so when God has visited us, he shifts things. He shifts things. And when he has shifted things, we need to keep him first. Not only that, we need to celebrate what he has done. Make milestones for the goodness of the Lord. But the problem is not everyone, listen to this, not everyone is going to be happy when things shift in your life. Mm -hmm. Not everybody, when you tell them what the Lord has done for me, is going to be like, praise the Lord. They might say it to your face, but in their heart, they might be like, "Mm, Lord, why didn't you do it for me? (laughs) Not everybody's going to be happy. And so in in a season of joy... We have a boy, he's not named. He's not given a name in the text. The Bible says, and Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian mocking her son. Abraham saw, Sarah saw, once again focusing on Sarah. She sees this man, we know him as Ishmael, but he's not named in the text. That he is mocking her son. Isaac was two at this time. And the Egyptian son was 13. Now you just imagine with me the picture for a moment. Right? A, a, a toddler and a teenager. The toddler is, 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 is doing his thing. And you know toddlers, right? They, they walk, they fall. They, they're not really stable. They're still very small. But here we have a teenager and he's mocking the son. Interestingly enough, the same word for laughter is used in this text. And here is the irony in the story. Sarah is saying, people are going to celebrate and, and be happy with me. But here we have one in her own house. <laughs> Listen to this. One in her own house is not smiling in belief. He's mocking. Think about that for a moment. So I pictured it in my mind. The Egyptian son has been a son of Abraham for 13 years. The father has thought of him as the heir. But now, for the last two years, a son is born. Who is the true heir? Now this son who is 13 is looking at his brother who is two. And he's like, you're taking my place. When my brother was born... (laughs) True story. This is the true story. I used to flick him. My, me and my little brother, we are six years apart. So when he was born, I used to flick him. In fact, my, my mom had to be like, Henry, slow down. He's your brother. Because I said he has taken my place. And here, the Egyptian son, you have taken my place. And so, here we have that when the shift has happened, there is a rift between the brother and the brother. 
there's a rift between Sarah and the mother of this Egyptian son. There is a rift between Abraham and his own wife. Things haven't worked. And my brother and my sister, sometimes it is our own family members who are not happy for us. They are not happy that you have gotten a promotion. They are not happy that you are getting married. They are not happy that oh, you are doing good in business. They are not happy. And so even in the home, there can be a rift because of your shift. And so here we see that uh, this man, this son is, is not happy. And so we have a problem here though. Because here is it. This is a powerful spiritual moment. You see, Isaac was a child of faith. He was a child of promise. God gave this child. And here we have the son, the Egyptian son. He is a son of works based upon Abraham's and Sarah's own initiative. And so here is what is happening in the story. Abraham's faith and belief in God has allowed him to be shifted and get this son. But because his son who doesn't have faith is seeing the shift of faith, he's hurt inside. You see, faith makes all the difference. I said faith makes all the difference. You see, faith, when you look at a situation from faith, instead of you getting angry and you getting sad, you begin to understand, oh my goodness, this is something different. Had Ishmael said, wait a minute, this young boy is a child of promise. My, my father hasn't had a kid and he'd have looked at this child as a child of promise. He wouldn't have kicked him. But because he was thinking about himself, fighting for a position that wasn't his, he started mocking him. So sometimes when we, uh, how do I put it? When we fight for things in, in the flesh and, and that it works, when we see shifts in other people's lives, then we get mad, we get upset. Not, why not me? Why he getting promoted, not me? Why is he always a favorite son, not me? How come this is not happening? Because you haven't put on the eyeglasses of faith i call them the eyeglasses of faith when you put on those eyeglasses of faith you know what happens you're able to see clearly you have a proper vision and you'll begin to see no you know what god is doing a shift in this person's life because god is doing a shift in that person's life that's their turn my turn is coming let me stay faithful to why god has called me let me not worry that she has a boyfriend and I don't. Let me not worry that he has a boyfriend and I don't. Let me not worry that he has a better position than I do. Let me not worry that he's a more favorite. Let me not worry about that because God is working on them. Let God work on them, on them. And let God do for me when he's ready to do for me. See, Sarah wasn't happy about this situation. And, and Sarah... You know, Sarah is a key in the story. She says to her husband, cast her out. The strongest words in Hebrew, drive her out. To drive somebody out is to, to push them out. He says, look at this. He says, I want you to cast out this bondwoman, the root. And I want you to cast out her son, the fruit. I want you to root it all out, Abraham. Get rid of her. <laughs> Get them away. Because this son of the bond woman cannot be an heir with my son. Now, uh, man, you might be like, man, Abraham is, uh, I mean, Sarah is being all jealous and all that kind of stuff, right? She is just, mm, she's, she's a jealous woman. No, Sarah is, 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 and mothers, you'll understand this. She wants to protect her son. Her son is in trouble. In fact, when he was mocking, Paul interprets the mock and he says he was being persecuted and, and oppressed and tormented. And so Sarah could see uh, this son is a problem. And so he got to go. 
So he tells Abraham, Abraham, you know what? She has got to go. And sometimes things have had to go if you are to maintain your season of shift. I'm going to get to that later. And, and the Bible says, and the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. The text is saying, Abraham, can, can you imagine? Man, you have to let go of your son. Like cast him away. This is what's happening here in the story. The Bible says the thing was very grievous in his eyes. In other words, he said, this is an evil thing. How can my wife ask me to do this? This is terrible. How, how can she tell me to get rid of my son? He was sad and, and rightfully so. He's feeling these emotions. And so allow me to put it to you like this. Sometimes the seasons shift in our lives because sometimes the people around us do things to us, right? This was a party. Things were going good. But this son is mocking. And so he turns the party into a, how do I put it? What is, he turns a party into a, a mourning event. It's supposed to be a happy event, but he's mocking and so people are not happy. And this shift is happening because his wife is saying to him, Abraham, get rid of her. He's like, man, today is the day I'm celebrating my son. You want me to get rid of my son? Why? Why is this happening? And sometimes it's like that, that the seasons are shifting because those around us. But sometimes, hear me carefully, the shifts are happening because we have made mistakes. And the mistakes are coming back to bite us. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> when you're sad, you need to analyze. What did I do? When you have lost something, analyze, what did I do? Why have I shifted from a season of joy to a season of sadness? Had Abraham only obeyed God and he said, you know, God is going to give me the child that I need and, and not going into this direction, he wouldn't have had this problem. But here we have a situation where the things that he had done in the past are coming back to bite him. And so sometimes the seasons in our lives, it is all in our hands. <laughs> the season in your hands. You get to choose, am I going to be happy or am I going to be sad? Is my life going to be a life of future? <laughs> Is gonna, am I going to prosper or, or not? Am I going to have a good life and a, a good wife and a good wife? <laughs> am I going to have a good husband? Am I going to have good kids? Am I, am I going to have a good education? You decide that. And you determine whether the shift is going to be a happy one or not. Uh, you see... I don't know if you have driven a, an automatic car, a manual car, but one of the things that I find is that when you're driving a uh, manual car, is that you have to shift gears, right? Sometimes when you're up the hill, you have to go into, the, into gear one. And gear one is a more powerful gear. Are you with me? So it gives the car power and it pushes it, right? So sometimes we have seasons that are hard like that. And we have to shift into a hard gear, right? Our faith has to be strong and we have to keep keep climbing the hill but sometimes after the hill there is a decline and you have to shift to a to a much higher gear so that the car can go a little faster and sometimes you, you you're making turns and you have to shift to gear two and gear three so that you can make the turn properly life is like that you're you're shifting left and right and so here we have a man who is having a party things are good but all of a sudden because of his own mistakes and the mistakes of those around him his life has shifted Abraham was holding on to something that he should have been holding on to. Hmm. <laughs> Let me make it plain. You see, what Abraham didn't see is the future plan of God. Hear me carefully. He thought, this is my son, I need to protect him. 
But God is saying, Abraham, you don't see that Isaac is a type of Christ. If Isaac doesn't get his place, there is no way that I can save humanity. So Isaac needs to take his place because I am thinking about the future. And so sometimes, my brother and my sister, we're holding on to things that we should let go. God has said, it's not in you. It's not for you. It's not by you. Let it go. It's not going to benefit you. It's not going to bless you. And so hear me, my brother, my sister, talking about Isaac being a type of Christ. You see, my brother, my sister, when Jesus Christ has come into your life, it should be the greatest shift in your life. What that means is that in order for Jesus to stay, you have to let go of things. You have to say, you know what? I cannot do this no more. She got to go. He got to go. I can't work here no more. I have to decide that certain things cannot happen the way they are. Because if I keep them, Jesus can't stay. So God is saying, Abraham, Abraham, look. Mm-mm. No, bro. She gotta, he got to go. Because he's not in my plans for you. He has got to go. Things have got to go. And so God tells Abraham, Abraham, don't worry about it. Mm-mm. Let it go. Don't let this thing here. Uh, don't let this thing make you sad. Don't let it make you sad. It's, I understand he's your son, but it's not so important. Let him go. My sister, let it go. My brother, let it go. Let him go. Let her go. Let, let it go. If it's going to get in the way of who Jesus is. God is saying, I know it's hard. I know it's difficult, but you know what? Let it be. Don't allow this moment. <laughs> because, look at this. He says, because... The bond woman, the bond woman, she's not it. In fact, God says, I agree with Sarah. <laughs> Husband, he says, I agree with Sarah. Your wife is right. <laughs> she's correct. Do what she's telling you to do because in Isaac, I'm going to bless you. And so my brother, my sister, it might be difficult. It might be challenging. We may not be happy with it. But it is, it, if God has said this is the way, follow the way. Because your blessing is in what God is telling you. Your shift is in what God is telling you. Your season of joy and happiness is in what God is telling you. It is not in what you feel. Because faith is not feelings. Faith is faith. It's not how you feel. It's what God says. I wish I had a witness. I wish I had a witness. Because seasons may shift. But God's will doesn't. Huh? God is telling Abraham, seasons may shift. But my will doesn't. I never authorized the son of the Egyptian. I never did it. Hmm? Okay. Lord, no. Lord, Lord. I have raised him for 13 years. I have put in the work. I've taught him how to be a young good boy. Uh, Lord, I've, I've done it all. God says, Abraham, I, I, that's your business. I didn't say yes. So you can make an effort in something that God hasn't, hasn't said yes to. You may put efforts, but God will say, you know what? That's not my business. I was never a part of it. What I wanted you to do is to follow what I said. And so my brother and my sister, the only thing that doesn't change is God's will. Seasons may change in your life. Things may be up and down, but God's will doesn't. Because you need to understand that even though seasons may shift, faithfulness shouldn't. Be faithful to God. Don't allow that to shift. Say, you know what? It doesn't matter what I'm going through, but I'm going to hold on to God. Here it is. Abraham had to learn. In a season of joy, 
In a season of sadness, I need to obey God. So, brother, my sister, I do not know what your season is like right now. I do not know what you're going through. But, brother, my sister, make sure that there's one thing that doesn't change, and that is your faithfulness and the willingness to do what God says. You see, in the Northern Hemisphere, we have four seasons. We have spring, summer, fall, and winter. And these seasons are seasonal. Are you with me? <laughs> These seasons are seasonal. And what is seasonal means it's, it's temporary. But though the seasons come, yet the continent never moves places. Are we together? We need to be like continents who don't move. The seasons around us may change, but we never change. Are we together? <laughs> Some of us, when we go to a certain group, we act a certain way. No. Remain the same. Be consistent everywhere you go because you are unchanging. You are a person who doesn't shift because you believe that I'm doing the will of the, of the Lord. So we must be seasons. We must be continents that don't shift. I'm touched by this woman, Mary, uh, Mother Teresa. She, um, she was working in Calcutta, India. And uh, a U.S. senator went and visited her and he found her working so hard. And he says, uh, Mother Teresa, uh, this is very difficult work. How can you take care of all these orphaned, orphaned kids and, and these people that are going through difficulties? How can you do it? She says, you know, Senator, I have not been called to be successful. I've been called to be faithful. I've been called to do my part. So things may change, they may shift, but I'm going to do my part. Yes, my brother and my sister, do your part. Be faithful to what God is calling you. A preacher put it well, and I want to punctuate the point. I'm, I'm going to be sitting down in a moment. He says, you know, many people think that being faithful to God is like, you know, you, you, you go on the ledge, and maybe people are pushing you. Hey, jump for God, and you jump, right? And you die. Yeah, yeah. I've, 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 I've been faithful to God. Or let me die for God. He says, being faithful to God is like taking a $100 bills, a $100 bill, cashing that $100 bill into $1 bills. And as you live your life, you take a dollar bill there, helping somebody who needs money. You take a dollar bill there, calling up somebody and say, hey, I just called to check on you. You take a dollar bill there and, and do some kind work to somebody. So as you're living your life, you're being faithful to God. And so my brother, my sister, it is, it is, it is harder to be faithful and to live for God than it is to die for him. But are we are being called today to live for God. Are we together? Live for him in the little details of your life. Be faithful to those little things because God looks at those little, little things. And the little things matter and they build up to something big. And so my brother must be faithful even in what is little. And here, I'm ending it on, on this point. Abraham says, God says to Abraham, Abraham, you see the son of the bond woman? She's also gonna be, he's also going to be a nation. <laughs> Listen to this. Let him go because he's also going to be a nation. You know what God is telling Abraham? Abraham, you take care of my will, I'm going to take care of yours. You let him go and I'm going to bless him and make him a nation. Let me worry about that. You worry about doing what I've called you to do. I'm going to bless him. You might be worried about, oh, I have to let this go. Don't worry about it. Worry about what God has called you. And when you do what God has called you, you're going to be blessed. The shift is going to be a blessing to you. And some of my brother and my sister, let me put it to you like this. 
While seasons may shift, things may change, yet our faithfulness to God should never change. We should stick to Him because He's going to bless us. He's going to lead us. He's going to guide us. This is my prayer. This is my hope. You want to say, I want to be faithful. I want to be faithful. I don't want the seasons to shift. I mean, I, I let the seasons shift. But I don't want my commitment and my faithfulness to God to shift. I want to be faithful. Anybody? I want to be faithful. I want to be faithful to God. Let us pray. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment. Seasons may shift. Things may change. But Father, help us never, ever, ever to shift in our commitment to you. Lord, we believe in you. And Father, I want to pray for a brother and a sister right now who is in a season of shift. Who is struggling and going through difficulty. They don't understand it, Lord. But Father, I want to pray and ask you to please bless them. To please strengthen them. That even though the seasons may shift, they may know that you are always there. You came through for Abraham in a season of joy. You came through for Abraham in a season of distress. You are always there, Father. And we pray that we may never, ever, 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 ever forget that. Bless us, O Lord. This is my prayer. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.